0: Blog Talk Radio Blog Talk Radio I've had some good days I've had some hills to climb have some hills to climb Some weary days. <laughs> I'll weigh my <laughs> bad days <laughs> I, I, I was unblooded <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the clouds hang low I can hardly see the load the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain, but he I want some love. Love uh. oh, has been yeah. so good to Little me. Ping-a. Guess what? It's our Thursday night here in the United States. We want to give a shout-out to all the countries around the world and say we have none other than the man of wisdom himself, Apostle Alexander Lacami. Again, we have Apostle Alexander Lacami from the burning bush. This is the man that has the wisdom gift and can rightly divide the word of truth. We are so blessed to have him this evening. Let's check the CSE with us. Apostle Lockamy, are you with us? I am. Yay! Okay, we're going to turn it over to you, and thank you so much. You're welcome. We are certainly count kind of the privilege again this afternoon to be able to come to the radio fan radio world. All that is listening, we have a message this afternoon that I hope that will find you right where you're sitting. The Bible says the word will not go out and come at void, but accomplish what we sent it out to do. So we tried not to get something that we wanted you to hear, but we wanted to get something that God wanted you to hear, because God knows where you are right now in, in your life. He knows the circumstances. He knows the situation. He knows your tears. He knows your cries. So God is not a God that feeds you anything. He's a God that cares. He's a good shepherd. And he said, write and divide the word. So I hope tonight that I can write and divide the word that, that I won't be just speaking to one individual, uh, uh, the one person, the one group. But everybody might be blessed by hearing this adulterated word of God that is able to save your soul, the Bible says It's able to bring you from a backslidden state. It's able to pick you up from being bowed down. It able to, it's able to give you the victory. It's able to bring restoration. The Bible said it, this word was able to capture and bring in captivity every one part of your mind. Have you ever had a wondering mind? Oh, yes, I have. I've been serving God over 42 years, and there was a time where if it had not been for the word of God catching my mind, my mind would have just got away. I would have lost my mind. Thank God for all those saber folks that they to keep their mind saber, But every time that I didn't know where I was going and where I was coming, and I know the enemy was trying the best he could to destroy me. But I thank God who, who called, who have kept me thus this far. If it had not been for the Lord, and I know everybody can tell this testimony this evening. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here sitting before you trying to speak the word. But ever since I told the Lord yes. I do, he's been trying to destroy me in so many ways and he's been trying to destroy you because he understands you got purpose. He understands you got ministry. So that's why Satan comes to try to destroy you because he don't want you to be a blessing to nobody else. He don't want your milk, your ministry, your gift, your calling to cause somebody else to be healed, delivered and set free. Cause somebody to come home a bad sin state called the lost to be saved, the blind to see, the lame to walk, the moot to speak. How do you know God is still doing that there? He still giving sight to the blind. He still calling the lame to walk and the moot to speak and the deaf to hear. And I ain't said nobody. I know that God ain't lost his power. He ain't lost his duty. He just needs somebody to believe that. Just believe that he's still able. Just believe that he still can. So this afternoon... We're gonna talk from about the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Everybody hear about the anointing, the anointed This the anointed that or, or so many people claim to be anointed, but there ain't no sign and wonder following the anointing that they claim. If you claim to be anointed and ain't no sign and wonder following you, you might need to go back and get another anointing because that anointing let you down. The Bible says because of the anointed, the yoke shall be broken and the burden is lifted. Now you got that anointing, that ain't breaking no yoke. You got that anointing and listen, no burden. please go back and turn that anointing in and get the real anointing. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost. You know John the Baptist anointed Jesus there in the river. Jesus didn't want him to do it, but he said we got to obey God, and God anointed him. And the same God anointed Jesus there in that river, it have anointed you too. And we need the anointing in these days and times. I don't know why these young folks in this new generation church think that they can operate without the anointing. Now, please hear me. If Jesus had to have the anointing, let me say that again. If Jesus had to be anointed, and he's Jesus, he's the son of God, he's deity, he's power, he's omnipotent, Uh, he's all God right by himself. If he had to have the anointing, who do we think we are out here trying to preach to somebody without an anointing? The anointing is important. The anointing is what's going to break the dust, not you, not your educational status, not your ability to speak so eloquent, not because you went to Yale or Yale or excuse me, not because you went to some, some seminary. God ain't looking for people at the seminary no more. He's looking for people at the cemetery. You hear what I said? He got me out of the cemetery. He didn't get me out of the seminary. I, 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 I was almost dead, amen, if not somewhat dead. But God brought me out of darkness into the light, amen. He, he, he killed me, and then he brought me. He killed Alexander. He killed myself. He killed my flesh. So he brought me out of the cemetery. I ain't got nothing against the seminary now. But we got to understand without the anointing, that's just seminary cost. Uh-huh. It's okay to have seminary. It's okay to go to college. Please, I'm not kicking against that. But let the anointing rest upon your seminary. Let let the anointing rest upon your educational status. Because when it's all over, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And this church and generation that we are living in wants to operate without the anointing. He said, you shall lay hand on the sick, and they shall recover. He said, signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. We shall lay hands on the sick. And uh, see, anointing will, will make them recover and they shall recover. The anointing break yokes. The anointing lift burden. The anointing solve problems. The anointing answer prayer. And when you're dealing in a spiritual realm with demonic forces and demonic folk, you need the anointing, huh? So they not only stir that demon up, you need to cast that demon out. Most of them the demons ain't doing nothing but getting stirred up because ain't nobody got enough power to cast them out. Y'all know the story of how the, the disciples stirred up the demon. The demon got mad because they were laying hands on them. cast the little boy in the fire. And no matter how much they prayed, they couldn't get that demon out that little boy, and the demon got mad and threw the boy in the fire. But Jesus asked him, oh, you your little faith. In other words, hadn't you been with me long enough to have enough anointing to cast that demon? He said, but these kind come out by fasting and praying. So I, so we're going to talk this afternoon about the importance of having the anointed, the importance of having the anointing, the anointing empowers you to press on. When everyone tells you to stop, when everything is hindering you from moving forward, the anointing will empower you to move on. Can I say that again? When men and women have become weary, you will be unable to move on once you have tapped until the anointing of God. See, that's why the Bible says he that been called to preach, Let him wait on his preaching. He that been called to teach, let him wait on his teaching. He that been called to prophesy, let him wait on his prophesy. Why is he waiting? Because you need the anointing on your prophecy. You need the anointing on your preaching. You need the anointing on your teaching. You've been called to be an apostle? Let God anoint you with the anointing of a apostle. So when you become an apostle, there's an anointing that comes with that. It's kind of like rank. It's like being in the military. You become a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a colonel. As you go up the rank, your pay go up. As you go up the rank, you have more power. You have more power than the sergeant now because you're a lieutenant. You have more power than the lieutenant now because you're a colonel. You have more power than the colonel because you're a captain. Okay, like go, and you. so, as you go up the rank, you get some more power. So when you say you an apostle. You can't quit drinking beer. And running around and fooling around at night with somebody other than your wife, you need to go lay that title down until you until you until, until God give you that anointing to walk in an apostle. You hear me? Because there's a requirement comes with that calling, and one of those is, well, and one of those requirements is to live sanctified, set apart for the glory of God. And live so that you won't be spotted by this whole ungodly world. Live so die the women boys and girls be healed, and delivered and set free through the ministry that is in you. So it's okay to have a calling. It's it's okay to say you this and say you that. But is the anointing operating upon that gift that God gave you? Has anybody been healed? Has anybody been delivered? Has anybody been set free? Because you have been anointed. It is important because the anointing is the power of God. Mm-hmm. The more the anointing is kind of like a, a amplifier, you know. You, when 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 you got an amplifier, it 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 it, it 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 amplifier it it increases it it empowers. It makes your voice sound louder. It it, it 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 makes your voice sound like you got more authority when you're singing or when you're preaching. It 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 empowers. It empowers your voice. It gives your voice a sense of authority, and this is what the anointing does. When you preach, it gives you the authority. When you are saying it gives you an authority. You're not just singing, but now you're singing on the authority of the Holy Ghost because the anointing is the authority of God giving you to enhance the gift that you have. It's not enough for you to have the gift. You need the anointing on the gift. It ain't enough for you to be able to be gifted. You need the anointing on that gift that God gave you. Whitney Houston was not just singing. Uh, 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 because she had a beautiful voice, but God anointed her with that voice. Now, what she did with it and who she used it for was another story. God anointed her to be able to sing so eloquent. When God anoints you, can't nobody take that away. But God wants you to use it for the right purpose. Many people thought out in the church, and they get anointed. then yeah, They take that anointed voice out there to the club or out to the night house and you know, you know you know, what I'm talking about. Uh, they take it out there and serve the devil with it. But God wants you to use that gift for his glory. So I want to share with you this afternoon, the importance of having the anointing. When men and women have become weary, you will be unable to move on. Oh, once you have tapped into the anointing. Sometimes Satan will try to stop you. Huh? Satan will want to make you quit. Satan want to make you throw in the towel. Oh, you know we read about Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that I ain't preaching no more. Jeremiah said these I, 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 folks ain't listening. These folks think I'm a big old joke, and they're just laughing at me, and then they throw me in a well and here I am up in the mud under my knees. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. i made up in my mind. I'm not going to preach no more. I ain't going to say nothing else. He said, but the word. In other words, that anointed word, he said that word was like fire, shut up in my bones. See, Jeremiah would have gave up if the anointing had to show up. He said, you wait, the anointing will come. I don't care what you're going through. You might be like Jeremiah and feel like that you want to throw in the towel. But I come out and tell you, if you wait like Jeremiah did and acknowledge the presence of God, God will deliver you from no, no matter what the prayer state you're in. No matter what anxiety state you're in, no matter what give-up state you're in, it says here in Isaiah uh, ten and twenty-seven, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointed. Only the anointed can destroy your yoke in your life. Only the anointed. You go to people, tell them about your business and share your business all to the old world. But when it's all over with, it's going to take the anointing of God, the same anointing that he anointed Patriarch of old. That was the anointing on David that killed the giant. See, people keep saying David killed the giant. Yes, David killed the giant, but it was the anointing that helped David kill the giant. David could, be, could have not have done nothing if it had not been for the anointing. What that anointing did, that anointing made that rock go right there in that little hole in that giant forehead and killed that giant. Not only did it go there, but it was a force behind it. The anointing put a pressure behind, a power behind that rock. And whenever David was a little boy, he couldn't throw that rock that hard, even though he threw rocks. Yes, he threw a lion and a bear, but that's all right. But when he threw that rock at that giant, that giant was a big man. It was impossible what David did to have brought that giant down. But when David went to that giant in the name of the Lord, told that giant, said, look, you ain't just fighting me. you fighting the army of the Almighty God. Said, so you insulted God. You embarrassed God. You just offended God. And David said, I come at you in the name of the Lord of, of Israel. And David swung that rock, and he turned that rock loose. The anointing got hold of that rock. And the anointing took that rock and put it right there in that little hole, and put that down on his knees. See, the anointing, honey, it'll go right to the situation. It'll go right to the sickness. It'll go right to the problem. huh? If you've got problem in your marriage, you need to go in your bedroom and give it to the anointed. Say, God, anoint my marriage. See, when God anoint your marriage, he's going to anoint your husband. He's going to anoint your wife. He's going to anoint them children in that house acting crazy and act like they don't want to do nothing you say do. You quit fighting them children. You quit fighting that husband you quit fighting that wife and give it to the anointing because the anointing the yoke is broken. Only God can take that husband out. Only God can shake that wife out. Only God can take them children out. And then you got that supervisor that keeps on bothering you. Looks like he ain't going to do right. He keep going to work, and he keeps on vexing you. He keeps on saying disrespectful things to you. He keeps on making you feel like you don't even want to go to work. Well, he's going to keep on doing it until you give it to the anointing. You've got to take this anointing to your job. This anointing will go to work with you. You can't just leave it in church on Sunday morning or in Sunday through. This anointing is yours. But well, he said this anointing will be with you always. The Bible said when God anointed David, the anointing never left him no more. You need that anointing that will stay with you. Do you hear what I say? You need to get that anointing that will stay with you, that will go on your job, that will go in the grocery store. See, when you the when anointing on you, it prevents things from happening sometimes. It will direct you sometimes in a different direction. It will cause things to happen. Sometimes the anointing will cause your tie to go play it. Oh, come on now, so that you will how to end up staying in fixing that that when if your tie had not went flat, you would have been in a situation or in a car wreck or caught up in a situation that, that, that may have not been good. So God walks with you. His job is to protect you. And God is to guide and lead and heal and protect you, and he wants you covered by his power. The anointing is the power of God. hand. Do you hear what I'm saying? I said it is enhanced like a generator, like an alternator. It gives you perseverance. It gives you power. It gives you enthusiasm. It makes you sing in a, with a different voice. And that's why we need the anointed. And without the anointing, uh, we find ourselves vulnerable. We we become victim to the enemy when we got, don't have the anointed. When we lose, everybody said it's important to have the anointed. Look what happened when, when, uh, when Samson lost his anointing. Oh, you see, listen, Samson's strength, they said it was in his hair, but Samson's strength was in his anointing. God anointed him with strength. God anointed him with power. And when he disobeyed God and let that woman cut his hair, then the anointing left. Do you hear me? The anointing left because he disobeyed God. There were th- three things God told Saptain not to do, and he was hard hit ever If you read about the book of Saptain, you'll find out that Saptain, that Saptain wasn't so much a righteous man. Saptain wasn't so much a Christian man. Saptain wasn't so much a god fearing man. Saptain just an instrument in the hand of God to get God's will done. Saptain was just a killer what Saptain was, He was a man that God made sown to deliver the, the, the children of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And every time God strength, every time God power would come on Satan, Satan was able to kill. He was able to destroy. And destroy the armies. And see, by Satan destroying all the armies of Israel, of of of, of, of the Philistines, Israel was able to be free and get, and get freedom from the bondage that they were on. Because so the Philistines would come in, and the Philistines would put them in bondage, and, and when they plant their crops in the summertime, the Philistines would come in there and eat their crop and leave them just enough to live. No matter what they planted, they'd take most of it, and they'd leave the rest. They had to pay They had to pay the, the, the Philistines a tribute when the Philistines would have been paying them a tribute. But because they disobeyed God and got out of the will of God, then God delivered them into the hands of the enemy. So God used David to set them free. And God used, I'm sorry, Sapson to set them free. Because so that's why Sapson was a judge. His job was to let God's power come on him, and he, was, he would use that power to destroy the enemy. But, but he was hard-headed, and he was disobedient. He wasn't supposed to get his hair cut. He wasn't supposed to drink no wine, and he wasn't supposed to eat nothing unclean. And if you read the script, you'll find out he did all three of those things. So when he laid down, uh-huh, see, people still operating now. And they fact, the anointing is still on the anointing left. They still trying to preach on Sunday morning. Trying to sing in the choir. Then stayed out there at the club all night long. They think they singing. All the others got a pretty voice, but ain't no anointing behind it because they left the anointing at the club last night, or left the anointing in somebody's bedroom last night. So, 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 so Sapsa lay down in bed that night uh, with with Delato, and he told her all his heart, and and and, and, and when he told her his power was in his hair. See, he disobeyed. See, God told him, don't cut his hair, don't drink no wine, and don't eat nothing unclean. And you know he ate the honey out of the, out of the lion. That lion had was dead, and the bees made honey in the coffers of the lion. And see, his daddy didn't know he had did it, because that was a curse. He ate the honey out of the wine. He drank wine at the party. That boy was just hard-headed. He did what he wanted to do. But when he laid and told the latter his secret, and they cut the loss of his hair, huh? And he got up like he been getting up, see? Yeah, see, yeah, that way people used to get up. See, man, just because you still feel, feel God present after you don't sin, it don't mean that God ain't going to deal with the situation. God is gracious. God is merciful. He'll give you a chance to repent. He'll give you a chance to, for, to, to, to get it right so you won't have to lose the anointing. Honey, I don't know about you, but when you lose the anointing, it makes you feel empty. It makes you feel bad. It makes you feel forsaken. And God will give you a chance to get it right. But you got people keep on, because God didn't do nothing that time, and God didn't do nothing the next time. God said, if he didn't chastise you, you want to hear because I want God to chastise me. I want him to beat me when I do wrong. But first of all, I don't want to do wrong. So, Samson laid lay down, and he told the latter his secret, and they cut the lots of his hair. And when they cut the lots of his hair, see, so you understand the scripture says that the power of God came on Samson. Whenever Samson stood up to fight, the power of God came on Samson. But because Samson broke, broke the rule, because Samson disobeyed God and allowed the enemy to cut his hair, the covenant that he made with God, not to have his hair cut, when God looked down upon him and saw that the loss of his ever was gone. And when Samson stood up, the anointing did not come upon him. Do you hear me? No, no, somebody said he lost his anointing. No, the anointing didn't come upon him. The anointing did not come. But if you read the story, though, later on when his hair grew back, he told God to avenge him, to avenge him of his adversary. He said, Lord, if you give me back my strength to avenge me of my adversary. Then the Bible says, after his hair grew back, he asked God to avenge him now. Then the Bible said, and the power of God came on Sasson, and he destroyed everything there that was in the house that day. He killed more that day than he killed in his whole life. So so respect the anointing. Uh, some people they, they disrespect the anointing. They act like it don't mean nothing. The anointing is the power of God. It's a privilege that God gave you. It's something you cannot earn. And you gotta respect the anointing. You you know Esau didn't respect his he didn't respect his anointing. Esau was anointed to become to have the birthright, that whatever Jacob died, uh, 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 it, it, was, it was Joseph, it was Esau, uh, uh, and, and and were, were next in line. And, uh, and I'm sorry, next time, Isaac. When Isaac died, then Esau and Jacob were next in line. But Esau was the one that's supposed to get the birthright. But one day, when he was hungry, coming out of the field, and, and, uh, thinking that he's going to die because he was so hungry, he had Jacob to give him something to eat. And Jacob said, I will if you give me your birthright. Give me that anointed birthright of yours, because that birthright was anointed, y'all. Hun that birthright had power behind it. I mean, it, it made people have to bow before you. It called blessings to come in your life, and you didn't have to make them come. They just came because of that anointing that was with that birthright. He said, uh, you can have it. I don't want it. What good is it me if I'm dead? So he said that ate that partridge that, that Jacob gave him, and he gave Jacob the birthright thinking that God didn't see what he did. See, God see what we do. You can't keep the anointing and do what you want to do. You can't keep the anointing and act like you want to act. You can't keep the anointing and hang around who you want to hang around. Please listen to me. You can't keep the anointing and go where you want to go. Drink what you want to drink. Act like you want to act. You have to be special to keep the anointing. Because the anointing is from God. The anointed hold it. And the anointing is not going to dwell upon no unclean temple. So you've got to keep the temple clean so that the anointing can rest upon you. And all oh, you'll be amazed at the thing that you can accomplish when you have the anointing in your life. So Esau gave up. And then when the time came for him to get the anointing, he thought it was okay. He thought like what he said didn't mean nothing. And he went in there and found out that he had sold his birthright to his brother, and his brother and died and gone. And his daddy said, I don't have no more. He said, Daddy, he said, I'm sorry. I done gave it to your brother, uh-huh. because God sees what we do when we make these promises, and in fact, it don't mean nothing. So let's talk a little bit about the anointing. What does the anointing mean spiritually? What does the anointing mean spiritually? It means to be consecrated or made sacred or dedicated to God, chosen, set apart, holy and anointed. Oh, that's what the anointing means. It means that you are special to God, that you've been set apart. Oh, my God, you've been set apart to do the will of God. Set apart. It's like when we talk about set apart, it's like mother in the kitchen. Say, let use for example, the mother in the kitchen. She got all kind of different little ballers in there where she got set apart. She got a salt in one and a pepper in one and a cinnamon in one and a spice in one and, and all these little things that she used to cook with, she got them in her little savory bottle, set apart. They sanctified. Other words, sanctified means to be set apart. She got all them set apart. they different with the name on them. So she's no each eat for each. for each one of them is set apart for the salt in one, the pepper in one, the cinnamon in one, the spices in one. The McNegg is in one. All of them got a different name and in a different uh, container. So she would know that she don't get them mixed up and contaminate them by putting the salt with the pepper or the pepper with the, with the, with the sugar, stuff like that. So she got it named so it'll stay set apart. So when we think about safe location, people think about that some spirit will come out of the air. Safe location means to be set apart. God has set us apart from the world. You are sanctified so you ain't got no business hanging out in the club with the world because you've been brought out of the world. You've been sanctified. God is just like that salt and pepper shaker or those, those, those containers that Mama got in the kitchen that she got sitting up there. She don't want nobody messing with them because them her container. These are the things she used to cook with. These are things she used to season her food and make her cakes and her biscuits, and, and, and she don't need nobody up there pouring them and mixing them together, contaminating them. Then you don't contaminate them because you don't pour the sugar with the salt. Now you can contaminate them. Now you can't use it because it's sugar with the salt. Now you've got to pour it out because it's been contaminated. But we think that we can contaminate our vessel, and, and God, oh, and God's going to use it anyway. You can't contaminate your vessel. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't put filth in this vessel because this vessel is holy. The Bible said God put his glory in earth and vessels. Our vessel is anointed. Our vessel is holy, and we can't put unclean in, it in the vessel. The Bible said we can't uh, uh, lay this vessel down with a harlot or a prostitute. Huh? The Bible says we become one with them, and here, here is God living on the inside of us, and here we defile in our temple, uh, put anything in our vessel, and God lives on the inside of us. So we are consecrated. We are made sacred. We are dedicated and chosen and set apart. Why do we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? We need it because you can't break no yoke without the anointing to break all yokes of, of the enemy in our lives that the devil brings. This is why we need the anointing. It ain't enough just to be saved and sanctified. You need to be Holy Ghost-filled and fire baptized. Do you not know that the Holy Ghost is a higher anointing? That's what it is. The Holy Ghost is the anointing of God dwelling on the inside of you. Now, not the outside of you; you already been anointed. When he said he saved you, anointed you, but he wanted to come on the inside. This is an inside anointed, a feel, a feeling anointed. Mm-hmm. This is anointed when he fills you up on the inside, and he gives you wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and He gives you insight. He said that he told the disciple. He said, "With this anointing here, it's going to be an inside anointing." He said it's to lead you and drive and and and. and and that leads you and guides you into all truth. And whatsoever I told you, uh, it'll bring it back to your remembrance. That's why it must be on the inside. It can't be sitting on your head and sitting on your shoulder and in your pocketbook and, and, and some Bible you took in your arm. This anointing must be on the inside of you so it can talk to you. It can lead you. It can guide you. It can warn you. It can instruct you. It can correct you. It can dictate to you. It can lift you up when you head hit. By them, encourage you when you're discouraged. That's why you need this end for anointing, which is the Holy Ghost. A lot of people are saving. that's all they want, but the Bible says after that the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power. Now listen to me. People are teaching that you got to be that the Holy Ghost saves you. You ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't saved. Baby, the Holy Ghost do not come to save you. The Holy Ghost was not sent to save you. Hear what I'm saying, Radio World. The Holy Ghost was not sent to save you. You don't get the Holy Ghost. You've got to be saved first before you get the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost do not come to confirm your salvation. The Holy Ghost does not come to prove that you're saved. But the Holy Ghost comes to give you power to do ministry. He said after that the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power. Power of all devils and demons. Uh-huh. Power to do my will. Power to preach the gospel. Power to tell dying men the will of water, the Lord and the ways of sin. Power to deal with the devil, with them demons that is in people. Power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Power to lay hands on blinded eyes and they'll open up. Power to touch ears and ears to come over. Power to make the lame walk. These signs shall follow them that believe. Huh? He said, after that the Holy Ghost comes, not before the Holy Ghost come." know why so many people got so much power and ain't got the Holy Ghost? If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't got no power. You just think you got power. You've been deceived. You don't get the power till the Holy Ghost comes. Huh? And now here, please excuse me. Let me help somebody. If you speak it in tongues and you ain't saved, you need to go sit down somewhere. If you speak it in tongues and you ain't saved, you need to go sit down somewhere. Because the Holy Ghost don't work that way. He don't come to nobody and speak and you ain't saved. You got to be born again before you can receive the Holy Ghost. You got to be born. I ain't saying that the Holy Ghost won't make you start speaking until i you get saved. I'm saying you got to be saved first. The whole for the Holy Ghost come. The Holy Ghost don't come and then you get saved second. You got to get saved first. Then the Holy Ghost come. But that's another story. I'm gonna leave that alone. We're gonna go down a little bit further. What? God says about the anointing. Let's see what God says about the anointing. Well, God said that the anointing in you will remain in you, and the anointing in you is real and not a counterfeit. See, when God gives you the anointing, only you can make the anointing leave. See, David was anointed, and the anointing stayed on him. The Bible said it never left him, even when he messed up. You see what I'm saying? The anointing belongs to you. But you've got to live right to keep the anointing. You just can't live any kind of way and be anointed. The anointing is special. you got to respect the anointing in order for you to keep the anointing. And the Bible say the anointing shall be in you, it shall remain in you. And the anointing is not accounted. It is not, it's real. The anointing is real. Yes, it, it, it is real. Okay. What are the blessings of the anointing? Okay. You will be filled with joy. And with that, you will be able to draw water out of the well of salvation. The anointing will fill you with joy. You hear me? The anointing brings joy. And with that joy, see, God got, he didn't say well, W-E-L-L, it's W-E-L-L-S. God got more than one well. He said the anointed will give you joy, and with that joy, you'll be able to draw out the wells of salvation. Oh, we ain't got no business to be thirsty. We ain't got no business to be dry-mouthed. We ain't got no business to be discouraged. We ain't got no business to be weary. Well, we got the anointed that gives up the power, the authority to draw out the wells of salvation. And I mean the wells of salvation got healing in it. It's got deliverance in it. Oh, it's got breakthrough in it. Oh, my oh, oh, it got overcoming power in it. It got do right power in it. But we got to have the anointing. We can't do like Samson and and and, and, and disobey God. And they expect to keep the anointing. There's a requirement to get the anointing, and there's a requirement to keep the anointing. And I'm gonna talk to the radio world because we trying to win sinners in off the street. We we, we trying to bring the backslider back. We're trying to get the law saved, but we're trying to do it without the anointing. You're just wasting your time. It's the anointing that does the drawing. That's what the system says. It's the, it's the anointing. Except God convict them, they can't be saved. And God can't convict them if you don't have no anointing. God wants you to preach the, the word, and he wants you to witness them with the anointing. And with your chaste life, well, I say your chaste life, you're doing the best you can to live right the best in the house. So they won't have to point no fingers at you. Because if you at the club with them, if you're out there drinking with them, if you're running around with them, you're wasting your time trying to witness to them because you don't have no anointing. You don't, the anointed is the influence. The anointing gives you the influence. Uh-huh. It gives you the influence over people. You can influence people. But if you out there doing the same thing, they don't want really to influence nobody. They don't want to hear you. They say they're going to talk about you when they get behind your back. So see out here, I hit the club, dancing and doing everything. They're trying to tell somebody about Jesus. No, no, you've got to come out from among them, said the Lord. Huh? The, you be been anointed now. You, you, you're chaste now. You, you're set apart now. Come out from among them, said the Lord. And Can, can I say it again? Come out from the club. Come out from those places that you ain't got no business being. Come out that bedroom where you ain't married. And then come out that bedroom and you is married, the one you with and married to somebody else. Come out from among them, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you and be your God, and you be my child. I'll leave that alone. What does it mean to walk in your anointing? The anointing is constantly living in the presence of God. This is what the anointing is. The anointing is you constantly living in the presence of God so that you will be able to fulfill God's call and purpose on your life. See, when the anointing is constantly on you and constantly in your life, God is constantly talking to you, telling you things to do, telling you where to go, telling you what to say. Tell you how to say it. Tell you when to say it. Tell you when, who to say it to. So that's why it's good to have the anointing in your life. Because I could be in the grocery store sometimes. I could be there at the gas station. I don't know wherever I would be. Sometimes God would tell me to tell that person something. Go there and tell them this. Tell them this. You tell them this and tell them this. But if the anointing was a witness for me to I hear mean, the voice of the Lord, and I wouldn't know what to tell them. Go there and tell them it's gonna be all right. Uh huh. Go there and tell them it's gonna be for a little while longer. Go there and tell them I ain't forgot about the promises I made them. Go there and tell them I'm heal in their body. Go there and tell them I'm regulating their mind. Go, go go there and tell them I see what they're going through and I got it. Go there and tell them I got their back. Uh huh. Go there and tell them this ain't gonna get the best of them. Go there and tell them I am gonna heal them, even though it don't look like it. Tell them I'm gonna get them. And so many times people have come and did that to me because God, the anointing was on them. And I might be in a grocery store, might be on my job, might be just sitting in the park, might be just sitting inside the road. And somebody come by because the anointing, ah, top, bobo. The anointing was on them and they speak a word. And in that word they speak, the power of God be behind it. They don't be knowing. I ain't told them nothing. I didn't tell them my business. I didn't tell them I was sick. I didn't tell them I was troubled. I didn't tell them I was worried. I didn't tell them I was going through. I didn't tell them I have a merit problem. But the Holy Ghost did. The anointing did. And that's why we need the anointing, because people around us are depressed. People around here about to, want to commit suicide. People around us in anxiety. People around us looking for an answer. Then they go a little further because we're about to come to the end here. What are the three parts of the anointing? Prayer, the prayer of faith, the laying on of hands, and the anointing with oil. The prayer of faith. See, God wanna anoint you. And you ain't got to be there praying all day long. All you got to do is pray that prayer. Believe that God's gonna do it, and God's gonna do the rest. And lay on lay your hand. Lay it on a hand, he said. If people don't lay hands on no more, they're scared. I understand that COVID was out here, but he gone now. I think she gone. Anyway, people scared, but we got to put our hands on the sick. Uh-huh. The Bible said, if you to be sick among you. See, God gave the elders an anointing that other people in the church don't have. That's why a lot of people ain't getting healed. Everybody running up there trying to pray for the people but the elders. He said, if you to be sick among you. He didn't call for them young folks that just got saved yesterday. He said, if you're to be sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church. Those folks been out there a long time, those mothers and deacons that have been seasoned in the Lord, who know God can make a way, who know God can heal, who know God can deliver, who know God's a miracle worker, let them call on the elders of the church. And the elders of the church will anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And even if they sinned, have called them to be sick. The Bible says God will forgive them and the Lord will raise them up. Isn't that so nice to know? To have such an anointing. Everybody don't have an anointing like that. So that's why you got to stay in your lane so that you won't mess around here and be praying for people three or four hours and they still sick and they still bound. You don't have that anointing to set them free. You don't have the anointing to deliver them. So so, so quit jumping up, want to run up to the front line and lay hands on somebody just to stir up that demon. You need that deliverance anointing and the elders have that. Okay, woo, this is getting good. How do you receive the anointing? To receive the anointing, you must first serve God's purpose. God not give you the anointing. So you can sit around and say you anointed. God got give you an anointing for your, for your gain, for you to brag about it. We talking about look at me. The anointing is for working people. <laughs> the anointing is for lazy people. God don't give his anointing to lazy people. The anointing is for working people. Uh, 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 serious people, people who got their mind made up in their heart, see, to do the will of God, the purpose of God. These are the people that God gives his anointing to. If you want God to anoint you, then do something. Do something for the be, Do something. You, and you and listen, and and doing something don't mean preaching all the time. It might be cleaning up the church. It might be picking up paper up in the yard at the church. Uh, show God that you're willing to humble yourself. God don't give the anoint to exalted people. Humble yourself. I ain't doing that. That ain't, that ain't my job. Honey, let me, you humble yourself so God can anoint you right down lowly. The Bible says humble yourself on the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. Let us go a little little Father. Who is the anointed one? The children of God is the anointed woman. If you've been born again, then you are a candidate for the anointed. If you have been born again, you are a candidate for the anointed. You hear me? You are a candidate. So don't feel beloved. Don't sit there thinking because uh, uh, they're overlooking you that you don't have no anointing because they always bragging about how somebody else saying or what somebody else does and you feel so intimidated that you're going to sit there like you don't have nothing. But you do. Get up from there and let God use you. Get up and open your mouth and say what does, say the Lord. You have been anointed, too. God has no respect to person. Oh, man. Will the anointing cost you everything? Well, I might hurt somebody feeling right here. Will the anointing cost you everything? Your salvation, listen, your salvation is free. Now, you done heard that so many times. Yes. Your salvation is free, but the anointed will cost you everything. The price of the anointed is simply surrender. If you want to know the key to the power of honestly and truly, you have to die to sell. The anointed is salvation is free, but you got to sell out to get the anointed. It's gonna cost you everything. It's gonna cost you all your freedom your sin for freedom, not your righteous freedom, but your sin for freedom. You've got to surrender. If you're not willing to surrender, then quit asking for the anointed, because God's not going to give you anointing hard-headed and rebellious people that's not willing to surrender. Surrender to God's will. Surrender to God. Say, yes, God. God yes to your will. Yes to your way, God. Use me, and God will, will, will let his anointing. See, David was was a man after God's own heart. David wanted God to use him. David was ready. David was an anticipating. David had a mind to serve the Lord. Get a mind to serve the Lord and see do God anoint you. And see that might be wrong. What's wrong with you? You wondering why that you preaching and don't look like you saying nothing. You ain't saying nothing. I remember the time that I was preaching and I had been preaching for a number of years. And I mean, it, 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 I mean, I was really, I was just really disappointed because I was preaching and the people looked like we we're going to sleep on me. It, it, it looked like, like, like I wasn't saying nothing, and, and I, I got so caught up in myself, it upset me, and I got home. And I said, God, I'm preaching. I mean, I was streaming and grabbing my heels and rear back and, and thought I was doing something. And I said, God, what's wrong? Why is it that it looked like the people going to sleep on me? I'm preaching, God. And God said this word to me. He said, I know you are. He said, now get out of the way and let me preach. Oh, man, y'all, I could have turned a flip right there in the flow. Huh? And that's what some of y'all doing. Y'all preaching. But you need to get out of the way and let God preach. That's why ain't nothing better accomplished. Ain't nobody getting healed, delivered, and set free. That's why nobody ain't getting saved because you think because your fancy preaching and your enticing word is what's saving folks. No, baby, it's the anointing. And when I got out of the way and, and, and quit trying to stream and holler and, and, and do what my ancestry did and just opened my mouth and started talking. Honey, God started healing and delivering. People started getting saved and sanctified. Holy Ghost feeling about that. Why? Because Pastor Lobby got out of the way. I'm telling somebody in my clothing, get out of the way. You want your minute to be great? You want your, your your member to follow you. You want your membership to be great. You want your then get out of the way and pastor like God have you to pastor and quit trying to pastor to prove a point. Quit trying to pastor like you own the sheep, like they belong to you. You telling them what to do. No, baby, if you be obedient, if you be submissive if, if, to God, God will make your sheep follow you. They'll submit themselves to you. They'll hear your voice. But He said these are not your sheep. These are my sheep, and my sheep will hear my voice. But they're gonna hear God's voice. Through you, when you humble yourself and be the path that God called you to be. Oh, my, my, my. So how does the anointing make the difference? A fresh anointing makes the difference in your prayers, in your praise, in your spirit, in your house. God gives us a fresh anointing of wisdom, of favor. But you have to be anointed from the Holy One. Because he said the anointing would be in you. God is the one that anoints you. God is the one. It makes the difference when the anointing is on your prayer, when the anointing is on your preaching, when the anointing is on whatever you're doing. And it, is, and it shall come to pass in that day that the burden shall be taken away from off our shoulders, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. He said, do not, Psalm 105 and 515 said, do not touch my anointed one and do my profit no harm. Jesus said, last of all, in Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and receive a recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. I say again in my closing, listen to this. If Jesus needed the anointing, you're going to need the anointing. If Jesus needed the anointing, then you're going to need the anointing. Get on your knees. If you're in a leadership position and you don't feel like your ministry, what it should be, it ain't come to what you think it ought to, humble yourself and get out of the way and tell God to preach. Tell God to prophesy. Tell God to anoint you. The Bible says when you humble yourself, he will exalt you in due season. What it is, you are in the way. You are exalted now. And that's why ain't nothing happening. But humble yourself, and see don't feel ministry change? See don't you see people get healed, delivered, and set free. Because God's going to work through you. He don't want the people to see you. He wants to see the people to see him in you. Because he, ha- he called you, not for your glory, but he called you that he might allow his glory to operate in you. So, For that reason, let God anoint you afresh. Sometimes we have to rededicate ourselves. Lord, give me a fresh anointing. Ask God to give you a fresh anointing. Ask God to anoint you all over again. Search yourself and see whether you exit in the way. And you'll find yourself in the way. Get out of the way. And remember, it's because of the anointing. We bless the Lord this afternoon because for you that have been listening, and I pray that you will uh, search yourself and, and humble yourself and get out of the way so God anointing can offer power in your life because you can't do it by yourself. You done done it long enough for yourself. Don't just let the anointing be upon your ministry. Let the anointing be upon your marriage. You need the anointing in your home to help you be the husband you're supposed to be, to help you be the wife you're supposed to be, to help you be the mom and father to your children, you need the anointing to give you wisdom and knowledge that you might be the parent that you're supposed to be. Because the Bible says, provoke not your children around. Now, some of your children is of age. Some of your children are 18 and 19 and 20 and might be 21, and they stand in your house. And you're still treating them like they're 11 and 12 years old. You, you, you're still disciplining them like they're not grown. They are grown now. And you need to respect that. You need to re- you need to reach the road. I realize that girls are, are very tedious. You mothers that have girls, fathers that have girls. I understand you girls, they are very tedious, but you don't talk them right from wrong. So give them more room. Give them more space. Let me ask them to come in at 730, 8 o'clock, and they 19 and 20 years old. You need to give them more room. You need to don't provoke them around. Don't provoke them to go out there and get pregnant. You already done told them not, not not to get pregnant. You already done told them to keep keep themselves. You already done told them to maintain themselves. So give them a chance because eventually if they're gonna disobey, they're gonna disobey anyway. So loose the rope and give them a chance to to grow up. They're, they're not babies no more. They're not children no more. They're they're, they're, they're teenagers now. They they they're grown now. They man, he's eighteen. He's twenty years old. Uh oh, oh, you know how we are. We got that old folk phobia. You're going to live in this house. You're going to do what I say. I brought you this world. i take you, honey. That's old school, sir. Hey, you need to release the kids and get them a break. Get them an opportunity to, to make a mistake till you made them. Oh, Lord. Just talk about the mistake you done made. You done made mistake, and Maybe you're upset because you make mistakes. You think they're going to make the mistake you made. But you got to release them. And, and and let the anointing rage your kids, huh? That's what Job did. He sent the anointing out to his children. Job said, "Lord, prevent that they may curse you." Job prayed that God anointed would be there at that house. God anointed would cover them, and God would forgive them. Even if they're blaspheming against God, let your children alone. If they're gonna to go to the club, they're gonna to go to the club. Whatever they do, they're gonna do it. Don't you go to go no, and don't you go to no club looking for them either. Uh huh. Yeah, you go back back in the house. One in that club, clubs. What you doing out here? The club? No, you got to release them. They grown now. You got to give them the opportunity to make a mistake. If they make it, you, you give them to God. they are saying God help you raise them. they are saying God to protect them while they're out there. So I'm gonna pray now, precious Father. I ask that you will look down upon the radio world, look upon all those that listen to me tonight, and we pray that I've said what you told me to say. If I missed anything, God, charge it not in my heart, but charge it in my head, let it be an error on my mind. In the name of you, I tried to say, God, to the best of my ability, that, 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 that each and every one might rightly be blessed tonight, that that word might find everyone right there where they're at, God, not trying to put nobody down, God, but trying to lift them up in the spirit concerning your anointing, because I only realized the importance, of the anointing and for that reason oh god it is my prayer that you will that you would anoint them afresh from the crown of the head to the sole of my feet give them a fresh anointing each and every one on the side of my voice give them a fresh anointing god give the pastors a fresh anointing give the apostles a fresh anointing give the prophets the teachers and the preachers a fresh anointing god because without the anointing no yoke can be broken and no burden can be lifted god in the name of you and if we ascend it if we said or done anything, God, if was contrary to your word, like Samson did, and he called the anointing to leave us, forgive us, O oh God, and give us back the anointing, because we need the anointing, God. we got to have the anointing in the name. The Bible said, we call the anointing, the yoke is broken. We need the anointing, God. David lost the anointing. In the 51st Psalm, he said, Restore to him the joy of his salvation and give him back his holy anointing. God, if somebody lost the anointing because of some wrong they had done or, or, or because they come short of your glory, then forgive them, Lord and give them back the anointing. And hopefully they will appreciate how important this anointing is and that they will keep it, God, in the name of Jesus. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify your name. Why? Because you're worthy to be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello? Hello?